Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. We are so glad that you are tuned in with us today. I hope you've already enjoyed service. It's been absolutely incredible. My name is Alex and me and my wife Diana, we have the honor and the privilege to be pastors of Calvary Church. We have three locations, one in Kendall, one in the Windward area, and then another one in West Kendall. And we can't wait to see each and every single one of you. want to let you know today that we've been praying for you. We absolutely love you. We love you so much, and we can't wait to hug you and high-five you. In the meantime, we've been praying for you and uh, trusting that God is with you, God is on your side, and that you know that, and that your soul is at peace. So we're glad that you are with us today. Welcome to our home. We've been recording from home and transmitting from here, and so we're glad that you are with us on this day. We actually are really pumped uh, because last week we celebrated Easter and it was absolutely phenomenal. Easter was incredible and I really believe that God moved in our city and what he did was something absolutely incredible through our church. So shout out to everybody on Dream Team that helped out. We love you guys so, so much. Today I'm really, really pumped because we're starting a brand new series today. We just ended a series called Nothing Is Impossible. Did about six weeks in that. It was awesome. Today we're starting a brand new series through the book of Daniel. Come on, somebody. I'm excited about the book of Daniel. I think it's a, a book that we all need to read. It's such a valuable book, and I love that we're doing this together as a church. The book of Daniel, I believe, has lessons. I believe it has value to our life. It's going to add value to our life. I believe it has a whole lot of things that are going to help us, especially in the world that we are living in today. And so I'm excited. Make sure you go to the Connect Group. We're going to be talking about Daniel uh, through our Connect Groups and breaking it down. Daniel is an incredible book, and we're going to be talking about Daniel for the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about certain themes that are found in the book of Daniel. So we're talking about four major themes that I believe are found in the book of Daniel. We're going to study it that way, and through Connect Groups, we can break it down and dissect it. So before we begin, I just want to give you a little bit of a background context on Daniel. The book of Daniel is found in the Old Testament. It's found in the Old Testament, and it's labeled as a major prophet. Not because Daniel was bigger or better. Major prophet just means it's one of the longer books written by people who were labeled as prophets. Right? It's 12 chapters, and then there's minor prophets in the Old Testament, and those are really, really short books. So Daniel is a major prophet, meaning it's a little bit longer than other prophet books. And uh, Daniel is written by Daniel or somebody that he told these stories to. And we're looking at the life of Daniel. Now, the date of Daniel, we believe, is around 605 B.C., about 605 years before Christ. This is the setting. This is where the book begins. Now, when the book starts, we see Daniel as a teenager. Most believe he's around 15 to 17 years old when the book begins. When the book ends in chapter 12, most believe that he's about 80 years old, in his 80s, when the book ends. Now, when the book begins, we are starting to read once they are already in Babylon. Daniel is from the southern kingdom of Israel called Judah. He was living in Judah, and about 605 B.C., there is King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire. 
They're this new empire. They are well established and they ruled and reigned for some time. And they have gone into Israel, the southern kingdom, because the people of God have rejected God and turned their back on God. King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian empire go, take them over, besiege the city of Jerusalem and take a bunch of the people of God as POWs, as prisoners of war. And they take them to Babylon. And so when the book begins, it is Daniel and his friends now coming to Babylon. They are in Babylon. This is the setting for the book of Daniel. That's where this book begins. So I want you to grab your Bibles, and I want, to, I want you to go to Daniel chapter 1. We're going to read today an introduction. I want you to just know one more thing about Daniel. The book of Daniel is written in a chiasm format. That's a literary structure, a chiasm. Don't get caught up in it just to explain it to you really quick. All it means is that it's written in repetition format to reinforce certain themes. So just to give you an example, it's written in this format, A, B, C, D, D, C, B, A. So if you were to fold the book in half, the first half reflects or mirrors the second half. And within Daniel, there's a lot of other chiasms. So chapter one, we're going to start there, and I'll tell you toward the end how it kind of reflects the end of the book. So we're going to talk about four major themes in the book of Daniel. Go to Daniel chapter 1. Come on, I'm excited today. We're starting a study through the book of Daniel. How to stand in a world that is falling. Come on. Why don't you look at somebody, smile at somebody, tell them they look good today. Maybe you're at home with a family member. Maybe you're at home with your spouse. Smile at them and encourage them today. Tell them that they look good. Daniel chapter 1. We love you and we can't wait to see you. I'm glad that we're connected through here. Come on, encourage somebody in the chats there. Daniel chapter 1. We're going to begin to read in verse 1. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia, and he put it in the treasure house of his God. The king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of the court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites' From the royal family and nobility. It says young men without any physical defect. Handsome. Showing aptitude. Kind of like me. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Well informed. Quick to understand. And qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that they were to enter into the king's service. Verse number six. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. These are Daniel and his three friends. The chief official gave them new names. It says, to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Verse number eight, we'll finish with this one. But Daniel resolved, but Daniel resolved, another word is purpose in his heart. Not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. We're going to start with the first eight verses. It's an introduction to our study in the book of Daniel. Come on, I'm excited about it today. Today, you're taking notes wherever you're at in your home. Or maybe today you're still in your office and they still got you working. Wherever you're watching from. Today, I want to talk to you from this title. Purposed in Babylon. Purposed. In Babylon. I'm glad that you're with us today. I'm going to start with a short word of prayer and then we'll talk about Daniel. We'll talk about what it does in our life, how it helps us, and then uh, we'll pray and have an incredible rest of our day. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you 
for today. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for each and every single person that's watching right now. I pray that you continue to take care of us, provide and protect us, God. Be with us. Thank you for loving people like us. We love you so much, God. And we pray that you help us here today as we look at this for a few minutes. God, speak to our life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm excited to get into Daniel. You know, I started thinking we, we live lives that are surrounded. We're surrounded by all kinds of things. We're surrounded by people. We're surrounded by news. We're surrounded by good and bad. We're surrounded by positives and negatives. We live lives that are absolutely surrounded, even in quarantine. Like, what are, what are we surrounded by in our home? Not only by certain family members, but what are we allowing into our soul? What are we sort of allowing into our eyes, into our ears? Like, what is surrounding us? What is surrounding us? You know, I think because a lot of us have been home, obviously haven't been able to go anywhere. I think the entire world is on this new app called TikTok. If you don't know about TikTok, it's a brand new social platform, and there are some extremely funny videos on this. Diana recently, she downloaded this app called TikTok, and she's been showing me all the videos on TikTok, and they're absolutely amazing. Diana has become a pro on TikTok. We might put up some videos. But there are some, a lot of people take videos with dogs and with their animals, with their pets. And so there are these funny videos with dogs. And she showed me one where you have to get your dog to dance. And so we tried it. And many of you know, we have a dog called Zion. Zion is a six-month King German Shepherd. He's absolutely gorgeous, handsome like his daddy. I absolutely love him. And so what you need to do is that you need to start taking some steps with some music. The dog is looking at you. And then you go into an all-out dancing break. Right? When you do that, the dog is supposed to start dancing with you. Now, now my dog is calm. Like Zion is a calm dog as long as I'm calm. The minute I go crazy, he goes crazy. And so we did, we did the video. We might put it up. Uh, it's absolutely hilarious. But, but my dog went crazy. And I started thinking, whoa, our behavior influences their behavior. And this made me think it's funny for TikTok and it's funny for these videos. But it made me realize that we're just like this as well. What we're surrounded by really influences us. It, it, it actually changes our behavior. What's surrounding us? Are we influencing our surroundings or are our surroundings influencing us? In this pandemic, are you allowing fear, people, news, culture to get into your life and bring anxiety and bring worry and bring stress. Some of you are probably watching right now. You're like, Alex, I'm at home and I'm, I'm panicking. I'm watching the news. I'm seeing some of the numbers. I'm seeing some of the statistics. And, and yes, I'm living in fear and panic and worry. I'm stressed. And we're allowing the things on the outside to influence us on the inside. Can I tell you, this doesn't just happen in a pandemic. This happens every single day of everyday life. We allow people on the outside to influence our behavior. We allow the culture to influence our behavior. We are influenced and impacted by our surroundings. In fact, I believe that there's a problem, and this is the problem, that we allow culture to influence our conduct. Come on, we allow culture to influence our conduct. We allow the way that people think, behave. In fact, I really believe this. The Bible says that we have an enemy of the soul. It's called the devil. We have an enemy of the soul, and he wants us to think like him, believe like him, and behave like him. He wants us to disregard all that God says about us, and he wants us to think like him, 
behave like him and believe like him. He wants us to bow down to the system of the world and to give up our morals, to give up our values, to give up all that God has for us and not to stand on God's word. We have an enemy of the soul and we need to know we need to be people that know what we are standing on. Can I tell you now are not the times to be a so-so kind of Christian. In other words, yeah, I go to church every once in a while. I'm kind of spiritual. I go to church maybe once a week. And yeah, I'll open up my word once a week. I'll talk to God every... Like, I'm good with the guy upstairs. Can I tell you, the guy upstairs came downstairs. His name is Jesus. Come on. And he wants us to have a growing, thriving relationship with him. He's a real God who wants to walk with us, who wants to talk with us, who wants us to stand up with faith. And he wants us to be people of character. He wants us to be people of value. He wants us to be people that stand with morals and convictions. That's the God that we serve. Are we allowing our surroundings to influence our character? Are we allowing our surroundings to come and influence our conduct? Right now is the time to say, I know who I stand on. I know the God that I believe in. We're living in life in spiritual warfare. There is opposition for your life and my life. There is too much temptation. And God wants you to live a life that is thriving. God wants you to live a good life, a full life, full of His blessings. And it can't come by a life that is so, so kind of spiritual. No, we're people that stand on God's Word. Where do you and I stand? Like, what do we believe? Are we people of convictions? Are we people of morals? Are we people of character? Where do we stand? And here's what I know. If you can stand with character, you won't fall in a crisis. Come on. If you can stand with character, then you won't fall in a crisis. This is why I love the book of Daniel. Daniel is a young man, but he's a man who stood and he didn't crumble. The book begins in 605 AD. Daniel and his friends have just gotten to Babylon. They have been taken as prisoners of war and they're entering Babylon. This is crazy what happened in Daniel's life. Like one day he's living in Jerusalem and he's there with his family and friends. They're playing soccer. They're eating pita chips and hummus. Life is good for Daniel and his friends as a teenager. King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire, they come in, they besiege the city and they take them all as prisoners into this new land. Babylon is about 800 to 1,000 miles away from Jerusalem. Babylon is modern-day Iraq. They go about 1,000 miles into modern-day Iraq, which back then was the empire of Babylonia. And they go into Babylon as prisoners of war. Like Daniel and his friends, they're in a crisis. Like this is a major crisis. Life has changed for them as they knew it. No longer are they in Jerusalem. No longer are they with family and friends. In fact, we don't even hear about Daniel's family throughout the rest of the book. Maybe he got separated from his parents. Maybe his parents ended up killed in this besiegement of the city. Like, what happened to his family? This is a crisis for Daniel and friends. Teenagers now living in this new land under this incredible empire, away from home, away from family. This is a major crisis. Like, how do we act in crisis? I believe this is true. Crisis reveals character. Like a crisis doesn't come to make us, a crisis comes to reveal us. And we're going to see who Daniel is through this crisis. I believe that the time that we're living in right now is going to reveal who we really are. Who am I? What do I stand on? So Daniel and his friends, they're in this brand new land. 
Here they are in Babylon. And the Bible says that the king asked one of the court officials, Ashpenaz, to grab some of the best of the best and to start an indoctrination program so that they can serve in the king's service. And so Daniel and his friends are picked among the best of the best. And they start to change their name and they start to teach in their language and they start to give them their food and their wine. This is what this is what happens in culture. Here they are in a crisis and the culture wants to come and influence them. The culture wants to come and brainwash them. The culture wants to come and change who they are. The culture wants to come and change their convictions, change their morals, change their worship, change what they believe in. This is where we need to be people of character and people who stand. I love what Dr. Martin Luther King said. Dr. Martin Luther King said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Like, who am I in times of challenge and controversy? Where do I stand? Crisis reveals character. And Daniel and his friends are now in this indoctrination program. And here comes Daniel. And look at how he stands. I love what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the chief of the, of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. In other words, Daniel made a decision beforehand. Before the crisis began, Daniel had already made a decision in his mind. In other words, he was purposed. He was determined. I am going to be who God says I am. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change the way I think. I'm not going to change the way I believe. I'm not going to change my morals or convictions before he got into crisis. There are certain things that we need to know and be purposed before you ever get into a crisis. Who are you? What do you stand on? What do you believe? What are your convictions? I want to talk to you about three things quickly that I think can help us. What three things we need to know that can help us be purposed people no matter where we are and no matter what may happen in life. Three things. I want you to write this down. Come on. If you're excited and you're ready, write that down in the chat. Three things that we must know in a crisis. Number one, you need to know your identity. Come on, somebody write that down. Somebody put that in the chat. Know your identity. Daniel and his friends, when they get to Babylon, the first thing that they do is change their name. All right? The first thing that they do is change their name. They're trying to change their identity. All four of them get new names. Look at this. Daniel, his name, it meant God is my judge. They gave him a new name. They gave him a Babylonian name. And the name is Belteshazzar, and it means Bel protect his life. Bel was the wife of their god in Babylon. And basically, they gave him a name that honored the false gods of the land. They're trying to change his identity. They're trying to change his worship. They're trying to change his convictions, right? The second one, his friend Hananiah, his name meant Yahweh is gracious. Yahweh is amazing. God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They gave him the name Shadrach. The name Shadrach meant I am fearful of God. I'm afraid of God. Yahweh is gracious too. I'm afraid of God. So it's what culture tries to tell us. You don't know God. God doesn't love you. God doesn't really care about your life. His other friend, Mishael. Mishael meant who is what God is. Come on, look. It was a name to declare who is like my God. My God is awesome. My God is mighty. Come on. He is mighty to save. And they gave him the name Meshach. And Meshach meant I am despised, contemptible, and humiliated. They changed his identity. No, you're a nobody. 
You're a slave. You're, 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 you're down. Come on. You're, you're humiliated. You're, you are nobody. They changed his name. Try to change his identity. The last one, Azariah. Azariah meant Yahweh has helped. Yahweh has helped me. And they gave him the name Abednego. And Abednego means servant of Nebo. They gave him a name that had to do with the moon god of Babylon. You're just a servant of Nebo. Listen, the first thing that culture and the systems of this world and what the enemy of our soul would try to do is change our identity. He'll try to confuse us and he'll try to confuse what you believe in, what your convictions are. You're not a man of God. You're not, you're, you're not a woman of God. You're not who God says that you are. You're a nobody. Remember what you did? Oh, you're a cheater. Oh, remember, you're a liar. Oh, you remember what you did two years ago? Oh, you remember what you did five years ago? And the enemy will want to come and label you with things that you did in your past, label you with what people say about you, you're a nobody. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be smart enough. You're just average. You can't be used by God. God can't use you to reach nobody. God can't use you to preach his gospel. God can't use you to serve this city. And he'll try to label you and identify you. Because if he can give you a name, listen, name represents ownership. And if he can give you a name, he can control your future. Come on, somebody. If he can give you a name, he can control your future. If he can convince you that you're a nobody, then you won't do anything with your destiny. If he can convince you that you are no good and that you're just average, then you'll never step out and believe that God can use you. If he can convince you that you will always be confused for the rest of your life, then you'll never know the will of God for your life. Come on, this is why I love growth track. This is why all of us go through growth track. Because there we learn, wait, I got giftings. I got purpose in my life. God called me, and he calls me his own. He calls me a child of God. Come on, I'm a man of God. I am a woman of God. Today, you need to know who you are. Know your identity. Come on, somebody. I'm excited. Put some fire emojis in the chat. Come on, know who you are. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. You're a new creation in Christ. Doesn't matter what's happened in the past. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation in Christ. You have a new identity in Him. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12. This is what Jesus says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. That's why John, later on, it says that Jesus says, oh, those who now know me, I no longer call them servants. I call them my friend. I call them my friend. You're a friend of God. You're a child of God. Today, don't let nobody label you know your identity. Come on, we can keep going on this all day long. I love it. I want to move on, but know who you are. Today, somebody's watching. You're confused. You're confused about who you are. You're confused about what God says about you because so many people have tried to label you. You're confused because of the, what the world tells you who you are. Your feelings tell you you're somebody else. Can I tell you? You are who God says you are. Know your identity in him. He loves you. He's for you. He has plans for your life. The first thing that we need to know so that we're purpose no matter what is that we need to know our identity. Number two, know your location. Know your location. See, Daniel and his friends, they were, they were in Babylon. They're in a brand new territory. They're far away from home. But see, what, they, what I love about them is that they knew that even though they were in Babylon, they, their life was still in God's hand. Oh, I may be far from home, but I'm in God's hand. God's got me. He's not going to let me go. See, I'm not just talking about a physical, physical location. I love what Pastor Chris Hodges said. He says, ba Babylon is not just a locality. Babylon is also a mentality. 
In other words, the enemy will try to come and deceive you. Oh, you're far from God. God wants nothing to do. You're so far from God. God is distant from you. God is not close to you. God is far away from you. The enemy will try to deceive you and tell you that you are far from God and he wants nothing to do. Oh, you're just lost. Look at you. You're at home. You lost your job. Look at you. You're, you're without finances. You're broke right now. Look at you. You're divorced. Look at you. Your life will never look the same again. And he'll try to convince you about a location in your mind. I'm far too gone. I'm far too broke. I'm far too desperate. I'm far too hopeless. There is no hope for you don't get you need to get away from that Babylon mentality and say wait a minute I know where I stand I know my location I am not in Babylon I'm not just in this territory I am in God's hand come on I'm in the palm of his hand I know where I stand I'm in God's hands I am his I might be in Miami I might be here in Kendall I might be in Cutler Bay I might be in Homestead I might be in Windward I might be in North Miami I might be in Little Havana I might be in Hialeah but I'm really in Christ Jesus come on I'm in Christ Jesus I love what the Bible says in the book of John chapter 10 verse 29 it says this that Jesus says my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Jesus said, nobody can snatch us away from the Father's hand. Where, where's your life in my life? We're in his hand. Daniel knew this. Daniel and his friend said, okay, I might be in Babylon, but I'm in him. I might be in this new empire far away from home, no family, no friends. Life has changed. I'm in a crisis, but, but really, I'm in him. And when you know your location, it changes everything. It changes your faith. It changes your attitude. It changes the way you treat people. It changes the way you speak. It changes the way you think. Because I may be in Babylon, but I'm in Christ Jesus. And if I'm in Him, I'm going to be okay. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. Look at this. It is by grace we have been saved. And God, He raised us up with Christ and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you today, you're not just in your house, you're in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you today, you're not just broke, you're in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter if you're divorced, you're in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter if you feel hopeless, you're in Christ Jesus. If you have been saved, if you believe in Jesus, I'm in Christ. And as long as I'm in Christ, I won't be shaken. The world can't break me. I'm going to stand while everybody else is falling because I'm in Christ Jesus. Know your identity, number two. Know your location. And number three, we'll finish with this. Know your security. Woo, come on. Know your security. See, Daniel chapter one, it begins with Daniel going into Babylon. And Daniel was sure that even though they were going into exile, he knew who his God was. And he knew that God was sovereign. The overall theme of the book of Daniel is that God is sovereign. In other words, that God is in absolute control. Daniel chapter 1 all the way through Daniel chapter 12, you're going to see the overall theme is God is sovereign. God is in absolute control. And because God is sovereign, we're going to talk about four themes. That's why the next four weeks, you cannot miss the next four weeks. You need to tune in. Whether we go back to our buildings or not, you need to be listening. The next four weeks are going to help us. Because God is sovereign, number one, we can be purposed in our heart. I can be purposed. Because God is sovereign, number two, we can have peace. Because God is sovereign, number three, we can persevere. And because God is sovereign, number four, we're not prideful, but we're humble. 
We're talking about those themes. God is sovereign. Daniel knew that God was sovereign. And so he's going into exile, but he knows the security that he has in God. And as a young man, he stood in security. God is with me. God is for me. God's not going to abandon me. And he's not going to abandon you. You fast forward. Remember, A goes with A. Go to chapters 10 through 12. Toward the end of the book, Daniel gets this incredible vision. And it's a vision about the end of times. It's a crazy vision. I'm not here to talk about what that all means. Can I tell you? We don't know all the answers. But the overall thing of the vision is that God is sovereign and that God is in control. I love the end of Daniel. It's a beautiful, beautiful vision, complicated vision. People have talked about it for generations, debated it for generations. But this is what I know. It just shows God is good. God is for me. God is with me. I don't know all the answers, but one thing is clear. The same God that was with me going into exile, the end of Daniel is them returning from exile and God giving them the victory. So chapter one, they're going into exile and they're securing God. The end of Daniel, 10 through 12, is then returning from exile, the end of the world, and we're securing God. One commentator put it this way. Chapter 1 is them entering the realm of the dead. And chapters 10 through 12 is them coming out of the realm of the dead. And chapter 12 ends with resurrection, the promise of resurrection for all who believe in him. In fact, chapter 1 says that Daniel is purposed in his heart not to be defiled with anything. And because he did it at the end of 10 days of testing, he looked better than the rest. Daniel and his four friends looked better. They were brighter, sharper than the rest. And look how Daniel chapter 12 ends. Very similar to chapter 1. Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 through 3. It says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth, they will awake. Resurrection. Coming back from exile. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise, they will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Come on, I love the way the book of Daniel ends. It ends with those who are securing God, shining bright, brighter than the stars forever and ever. I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, you know the security that you have in God. The world may shake, the world may crumble, the world may fall. You may be in a foreign land, you may be in a foreign situation. I've never been here. I've never been on this side. I didn't know I was going to end the divorce. I didn't know my health was going to be affected. I didn't know I was going to be without a job. But listen, know your identity, know your location, know your security. Because through the end of this, God is for you, God is with you. He's got you. And at the end of time, He's with us. We have a God who's with us, and we have a God who's on our side. In fact, the end of Daniel, chapter 12, it ends with an angel telling Daniel, Daniel, don't worry about what you just saw. You're, don't just sit there scratching your head. Twice the angel says, just go on your way. Keep going with life. Be faithful. Just be faithful and be wise. Just go on your way. Don't worry about the little things that we try to understand and break our head over. Go and be faithful. Know that God is for you and know that God is on your side. Daniel knew this, and I'll finish with this. Psalm chapter 91 is one that a lot of us have been reading there in this time, and I want to encourage you with it today. I'm going to read the first three verses. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers 
and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Today, you need to know who you are. Know who God has called you. Number two, you need to know where you are. You are in Christ. Know that I'm with him no matter what. I'm with him and he's with me. And number three, know your security. It doesn't matter where I go into and it doesn't matter what happens. God is sovereign and I'm secure in him. Today, if you're watching and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm so, so far from God. Before you turn this off, before you log off, I want you to know one thing. God, he loves you so, so much. Maybe you've been hearing this and you're like, Alex, this is cool, but, but that's not for me. There's no way that God can love me. I can't have that type of relationship like Daniel with God because I've done some things that nobody knows about. I've been places that nobody knows, not even my family. Can I tell you? We don't know and it doesn't matter. God knows and he loves you still. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. I want everybody to pay attention to me for a few moments. Before you log off, listen, God loves you. He loves you so, so much. He allowed you to listen to this, to remind you that he loves you, that he's for you, that he's with you. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all failed God. I've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong, and our sin separates us from God. But the Bible says that God loves us so, so much that he sent his son, Jesus, Jesus came and he grabbed my sin. He grabbed your sin. The Bible says he grabbed the sins of the world on his shoulders. And the Bible says that Jesus went up to a cross. So we talked about on Good Friday. And Jesus paid the price for sin for you and for me. Sin has a heavy price. It's called death. You and I can never pay that price. But Jesus came and he grabbed my sin and your sin. He grabbed our shame. He grabbed our guilt. He grabbed that weight that was on our shoulders. And he said, I'll carry that for you. He went up on a cross and he died for every single one of us. Jesus died for our sins. Not only did he die, he went down to a grave. Three days later, he resurrected. Jesus, he resurrected. It. And the Bible says that he, he is alive. And I believe that with all my heart. Listen, Jesus is alive. He's the hope that you need. Some of you, you've been looking for peace. You will not find peace apart from Jesus. He's the peace that you need. He's the answer that you've been looking for. You've been looking for it in a relationship. You've been looking for it in money. You've been looking for it in security. Can I tell you the only peace and hope and answer you'll find? It's in Jesus. He's the only one that can satisfy the soul of all humanity. If you're watching today and you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. I would love to pray for you. Before you log off, I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Alex, what do I do to have a relationship with God? The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Right there where you're at, whether you're in your living room or your bedroom, wherever you're at, if you want a relationship with God, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I'm going to say a simple prayer. My prayer doesn't save anybody. I'm just helping you talk to God for this first time. You can talk to God any place, anywhere. We're putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. Repeat after me. Right there where you're at. Close your eyes and repeat this prayer with me out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can we all clap? Listen, if you made that decision today, we want to celebrate you. We love you so, so much. And Calvary Church, we're here to help you. We're all on a journey after God. None of us are perfect. We're just here helping out one another. Listen, if you made that decision right there where you're at, I want you to text us. I want you to email us. I want you to write it on the chat. Some information is going to come up on how you can communicate with us. We would love to send you a free Bible, and I believe it's going to help you so, so much. We're glad that you made that decision today. Glad that you tuned in. We love you. For the rest of us, come on, let's believe this week. 
that we can be purpose in Babylon. That it doesn't matter what the world throws at us. We're going to be people of character. We're going to be people who, we're going to be people who know our convictions, our morals. Come on, we're going to stand in our identity. We're going to stand in the location that we truly have in Christ. And we're going to stand in the security that we have in Him. We love you so, so much. I pray that Daniel encouraged you. I pray that this week, all of us are in a connect group. Get in a connect group. CG.CalvaryConnect.com Come on, let's talk about Daniel. Study Daniel. This week, read through Daniel. Come on, it's going to encourage us. Daniel was a phenomenal leader, and it's going to help us be better leaders during this time. So I can't wait to read Daniel with the rest of us. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to pray that you have an amazing rest of your day. Father, I thank you so, so much for each and every single person that's watching. God, I pray that you would do something in every single home right now, in every single heart. God, that we would be people like Daniel, men and women of God, who stand in our convictions, that our surroundings don't come to influence us, but that we can influence our surroundings. God, that we would stand knowing who you are, knowing what you say about us. God, that we know our identity. God, I pray for every person watching. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would fill them with their presence, with your presence, that you would fill their homes, that you would fill their lives, their minds with your holy presence, with your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for loving us. Help us to know our identity. Who we are in you. It doesn't matter what people say. We know who you say that we are. That we would stand in the location that we are in Christ Jesus. We may be somewhere right now that we don't recognize. But we're in you at the end of the day. And that we will stand in the security that we have in you. That it doesn't matter what's going on now. And it doesn't matter what happens at the end of time. You're sovereign. You're good. And you're for us. I pray for peace over our lives, hope to rise, and faith to rise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Calvary, I love you so, so much. Me and Dana, we love you and wish we could hug you and high-five you. Come on, this week we'll talk across social media. We'll be doing some lives. Stay tuned. We love you. God bless you. I can't wait to see you as we talk about Daniel part two. Take care. God bless you. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. We really hope and pray that you are encouraged by today's message. If today you decided to begin a relationship with God, we want to let you know that we have a gift for you. We want to send a Bible to your home. So what you can do right now in this moment is take out your phone and text the word DECIDED to the number that's on the screen. We really want to celebrate the decision that you made today, really believing that your best days are in front of you. Well, hey, for the rest of us, God bless you. We're believing that you're going to have the best week ever. We can't wait to see you next week.